Welcome back, everybody. This is episode number 15 of Grow the Buck Up. It is the first episode in the Love Others series, I Am You. So we originally were going to do Misery Loves Company and So Does Joy, but it's Mother's Day and I have my mother here with me. And so we are switching it up to I Am You as I think it is a uh, better topic for us to kind of chat about. So uh, a little bit of an introduction to it all, why I have my mom here with me and stuff. Obviously, of course, like I said, Mother's Day. Um, But beyond that, uh, this is probably one of the people in the world that I am most connected to, I would say. Um, And that's a relationship that we have and a connection that we've fostered and built, uh, especially over these past few years. So as I've gone through a lot of these changes and as I've um, kind of, you know, made a a move towards more of this joy in my life and all of this stuff, um, my mom was always one of those people that I I kind of looked up to and was inspired by for happiness. uh, and, And so I thought, you know, I want to surround myself with these kinds of people. And so I kind of reached out and tried to really build that relationship a little bit more. Um, So I'll talk a little bit about her and then I'll let her tell us a little bit about herself and her uh, journey and experience through life. So um, a basic introduction, like I said, um, was this was somebody that growing up, I always looked up to. even when I didn't quite know it, quite realize it sometimes, I think. Um, and so, you know, some of my earliest memories of times that I was inspired by my mom, by my mom would be uh, when she was driving and somebody would cut her off or, or you know, fly past her or whatever it was. And she would always just say, I'm sending you my love. And she wouldn't get mad and she wouldn't react and she wouldn't, you know, try and go cut the person off again or anything like that. She would just say, you know what, that person clearly needs a little bit more love in their life. um, And so I'm just going to send it out there. Right. And I always thought that it was so dumb when I was a kid because I was like, what do you mean? Like, go cut them off again. Go like, you know, let them know that what they did is wrong. Uh, But it just... As I got older and and as I eventually kind of got into a different kind of mindset, I realized, you know, there are so many people in this world that have so many things going on that we don't understand, right? Maybe that person's wife is in the hospital and they need to rush there because they don't know what the heck is going on. Maybe they're late for a job interview and this, you just don't know And sometimes people put themselves first and are selfish in those moments because they are, they need that for that time, right? Sometimes, yeah, they're just somebody who's being a jerk. But at the same time, if if that person feels like that's what they have to do right then at that moment, then I think, you know, I I feel like I have more love and, and happiness and joy in my life right now. And I want that person to kind of have some of that as well. So um, that was one of, you know, always just those moments that I remember uh, growing up that I I just never realized. And eventually I was like, oh, now I kind of understand where she's coming from. Um, 
And it's something that's really cool because I think it's something that a lot of people don't do, right? A lot of us don't take that time, don't take the second to think that's a real person in that car as well who's doing that. And maybe why, right? If I put myself in their shoes for a second, maybe I would do the same thing, even if I like to think that I wouldn't, right? Um, so that is uh, one of those early moments. And additionally, of course, she's somebody that growing up um, was very helpful in my uh, maturing and, and aging and, and everything. She, she really taught me a lot. She spent a lot of time with me um, making sure that I was becoming a <laughs> reasonable, responsible adult. <laughs> Uh, that I would, you know, do my chores, that I would, you know, be respectful to other people, all of those things. And obviously there's plenty of pushback along the way, especially when you get, you know, when I was a teenager. Um, but, you know, eventually I could, once again, look back and say, you know, this is somebody who really has, you know, really loves me, has my best interest in mind and has given a lot to me. And so, of course, I would want to establish and build a connection um, with her again. So that was something that we did a few years ago. And it's been great. It's been wonderful. And I'd say we're closer than ever before. So uh, with that being said, I'd like to let her talk a little bit. And so I'm going to pose this question of tell us a time or tell us the time, the moment really in your life when you became happy. Well, first of all, thanks so much. Um, it's so nice to hear that kind of feedback from your son who you love so much and are very proud of. Um, and also that the connection that we have is one of the most special things in my life. So I'm very, very grateful for it every day. Um, so when you asked me this, the funny thing is, is that I never really thought about it, um, until you asked, we talked a little bit earlier and really it was at the age of 19. Now what I did at the age of 19 was I actually left art school because I was working five jobs to put myself through school and that was not going well. So I knew I had to make a change. And I left and I went back to my hometown, lived with my family for uh, about six months and that was not going well. And I realized I needed to take control of my life. I needed to find my place and what my skill set was and kind of where I fit in the world and what I wanted to do. So I knew, a, I had a friend who knew someone in Nashville, Tennessee, and that friend said, the person in Nashville said, if you'd like, you can move here and spend a couple months uh, at my place. They had a house and uh, just rent free to give yourself an opportunity to put yourself out in the world. And doing that, I, I love the saying, action cures fear because I was totally afraid. You know, I was 19 years old and, um, and I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And when I took that step, just doing that alone started to make a lot of the fear go away. And when the fear went away, 
I found that there was an opportunity for joy to come in and take its place. Um, joy in the, in the sense that I put myself out there to get a job. And, um, you know, I didn't do anything really uh, great. I just waitressed. <laughs> but, um, but I could get a job and pay for, I eventually got my own apartment and pay for my own apartment. And I was like pretty proud of myself for doing that. Then I put myself out there by connecting with, trying to connect with people who could um, help me in the art field. I was still interested in doing something with art. I just didn't know what exactly. And again, when you put yourself out there and take action, it's almost like to me, you know, the, the world responds. And so I found two artists um, who were freelance artists and they said, yeah, we'll take you under our wing and we'll teach you the ropes and we'll show you what we do. And they even gave me some art projects. And um, one of the artists was a, a watercolorist and he would like to go fishing a lot. <laughs> and so part of the way that he allowed me to kind of pay him back was I would um, fillet his fish. <laughs> so I actually know how to fillet fish. Um, not a skill I've used since that time. But um, it was pretty cool, you know, just to be able to learn something I'd never known how to do before. So again, the more I put myself out there, the more people I connected with, the more joyful I felt. And that was really the start of it for me. It, it was like, ah, okay, a light bulb moment went off that I could get joy from challenging myself. I could get joy from taking action when I was afraid. And I could get joy from connecting with people that I'd never met before or who had totally different skills than I had and could teach me something. And that, that is probably one of my greatest joys is learning, learning new things, learning about new people. And so with all of those things, that's where I found my joy. Very cool. Um, I think that that resonates definitely with, with me and probably with a lot of the viewers as well, uh, as that's something that I've harped on before plenty of times, which was the moment that I really felt I took that step to happiness is when I challenged myself, when I put myself in uncomfortable situations, when I took action, when I st stopped living in fear and started saying, I can do whatever I want to do but it might be difficult mm -hmm. and then going out and trying it anyways. And, and so, you know, I, I think that that's really great that that's kind of another uh, proof of, you know, <laughs> proof of the concept right there. Right. That like, yeah, that's, that's kind of a good step towards it. Right. I think that's definitely one of the first things you have to do is say, I'm going to do this and then actually do it. Because a lot of people think, a lot of people talk, but when is the action actually taken, right? right? I think that's when the big step is made. So jumping into the uh, topic here a little bit once again, I am you is the um, topic for the day. And I want to start it off with a little summary of a short story. I would highly recommend reading this short story, even after I give you the summary. It doesn't matter. Um, it's called The Egg by Andy Weir. 
Um, the story is simply about a main character who is you and uh, God. And basically you, this 48-year-old man, has died in a car crash. And you meet the narrator, or you meet the God, um, who says that, you know, you've been reincarnated many times before and that you are going to be reincarnated again as a Chinese peasant girl in 540 AD. And you're a little confused by this and you're like, what do you mean? Uh, you know, like that's before and I'm not her and, you know, I'm this 48 year old man. And he explains, no, you are in fact this girl as well. And you've been many lives. And in fact, you are every single life in this universe um, and this universe was purely created for you for you to experience everything so that you can eventually be born right so you are eventually going to be born into this god um, or, or your own god but uh, first you have to go and live and experience every single life that has ever possibly lived so every act of kindness that you've done Everything that you've, every time you've hurt somebody, every happy and sad moment has always been experienced by you. And whether it was experienced by you or by any other human, right, that is still you experiencing it at some point. Um, and so I think it's just a beautiful story uh, that really gets this concept across and something that kind of changed how I looked at um, other people and how I, I looked at situations where once again I said, in every moment I would now go, what if that's me? You know, do I actually think it's me? All right, you know, like, we don't need to get into all of the... Esoterics. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> we don't need to get too crazy with it. But, you know, like, it's just that, that little click, that little spark for a second where you go, how would I want to be treated, right? Like you were saying before... Um, we started this, treat others how you want to be treated. Exactly right. And if you are that person, now you're really treating them almost with a little bit more respect, right? So if I'm opening my door, my car door, I'm very careful not to ding the person's, or ding the car next to me. The reason's not because, oh, I don't want to have to deal with dinging a car and writing a note or them seeing me or, you know, any of that stuff. The reason is because I think, you know, if I was that person and I came back and my car had a little ding in it, I'd be a little sad. It would make my life a little bit worse. I'd eventually go, all right, you know, whatever, I'll get over it. But, like, it would just be that one little thing where I'd go, ah, dang. At the same time, if somebody smiled at me walking past, my, my day would brighten a little bit more. And so in all of these tiny little moments... I think through these things and I go, what would be something that I could do to either improve or hurt or, you know, worsen somebody's life? And if that was me, how would it feel? And so just having that small little understanding and, and little thought has really changed how I interact with other people. And... Uh, and so, you know, I, I think it's super interesting. I'd like to hear some of your thoughts on maybe experiences that you've had where maybe you 
thought of some way, you know, some person in some way at first and then, you know, kind of changed how you thought about them over time or, you know, moments where you had those conscious decisions um, that kind of adjusted things and, 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 you know, just kind of your thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I like to talk to people. Always. (laughs) I love, I love um, talking to people. I love finding out what their story is or what their life's about. I think it expands who I am and expands um, my perception of the world. And um, so any opportunity that I have, I will speak to someone and, and if they you know, don't want to talk. They usually let you know. But I had a situation in um, Washington, D.C., very international city. And uh, I was in an Uber. And there was a gentleman, obviously, from another country who was driving. And so, you know, I just started asking him questions and asking him about his life. And he was so willing to talk it made me think um this guy really maybe needed to talk today and so all i did was ask questions and what i found out was that he was living separately from his family and he would be doing this for several years never seeing his children never seeing his wife um, or any of his extended family only able to talk to them by skype And he was doing this because he needed to provide for his family and he wasn't able to do this in his own country. So he made this huge sacrifice for his family because he loved them so much. And it just broke my heart, first of all, because I can't imagine being away from my family for two years, not being able to talk to them or, I mean, other than Skype, not being able to to physically see them and hug them. And so it just made me think if I had anything that I was doing that was a problem. And at the time we were moving my other son into his new apartment. So there was a lot of stuff going on. It was pretty exhausting. And there were some problems along the way, but all of a sudden all of my problems disappeared because I thought this is all manageable. What this guy, the, the weight that he has to bear is so huge. And it just opened up again my mind to, to realize that there are so many people in the world who have so many bigger problems than I will ever understand. So it makes me absolutely grateful for every moment that I have, for every day that I have, and pretty much... Um, you know, just, just makes me realize how fortunate I am and how lucky I am. And I think there, there is something to that. We sure we make our own lives. We make them as good as we, we can, but there are certainly people that have to deal with a lot more difficult situations and overcome huge, huge obstacles that I will never know in my lifetime. So it just brings me a sense of gratitude and also great empathy for other people so that's the best thing that i could think of because that that made such an impression on me there are certainly many different conversations i've had with people over the years but that one stands out because of of what this man was willing to do for his family and i think something um with that as well is you opening the floor to him there 
was probably huge for him, right? Because like you said, it seemed like it was something that he just needed to talk through, right? He's going through a very tough time in his life, I would definitely say. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's a lot of stress for him, a lot of, um, you know, just a very difficult situation to be in. And so a way that maybe he can cope better with it, a way that he can feel connected to his family is maybe just talking about his situation and talking about his family and all of these things. And if you were in his spot, mm-hmm. all you might want is for somebody to ask, tell me about your family so that you can have that moment to share with that with somebody else right there. So, you know, and, and that's something that I, I want to dive into more and kind of ask you more about from that is how, because you say like, this is this whole experience of he's, you know, a driver he's got this family in other countries trying to provide from all these things this isn't something that you're well versed in this isn't something that you've had to deal with this isn't something that you've experienced before how do you engage with somebody like that how do you engage with anybody when they bring up a subject or a topic or an experience that you are just not familiar with at all because i think a lot of people struggle with that you know a lot of us sit there and go Oh, I just, I don't know anything about this. I can't add to, you know, this, I can't add to this conversation and then they shut it down. Mm-hmm. So what are ways that you get more out of that? Well, asking questions is like the number one thing that I think anyone can do. You know, I cannot tell you how many times I've said to someone, I know nothing about what you're talking about please tell me more. Or I ask them some specific questions and it comes from a true curiosity. You know, the more that we understand other people's situation, um, the more we learn about not only other people in the world, but the more we learn about ourselves too. It can get you in touch with something. When, When that man was talking about his family I just felt that connection to my family. I felt how grateful I was that I had the opportunity to be here in DC with my son, moving him. You know, this is a big part of his life and I'm a part of it. And it doesn't matter, you know, how many complications there were or it it wasn't that bad, but you know, all of the ins and outs of it don't really matter. The important thing is, Whenever I want to, I have the opportunity to be there with my sons in whatever part of life that they're going through. And that is a value that I cannot even put a price on. So he not only um, told me something about his life, but it made me reflect on my own life. But asking questions always, always, always opens the door to any type of situation. I've had a situation where I have met people from um, Israel. And back in the day, my roommate from college was um, Jewish and she spoke Israeli because, or she spoke Hebrew, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, not Israeli specifically. She spoke Hebrew because her father was Israeli. And um, so there's a certain accent that you have if you speak Hebrew and you're from Israel. Well, I happen to pick up that accent apparently. And so this person that I met was a chef at a, a wonderful hotel in Dallas. And I heard his accent 
And I said to him in Hebrew with my Israeli accent, hello, how are you? It's nice to meet you. I told him my name. Now that's about all I know. <laughs> okay. I also know how to say like, did I get any mail? <laughs> and um, I'm hungry. I'd like to eat dinner right now. So important things, obviously. Yes. But, um, but once he heard my accent and he, and he heard me speak to him, which there's not a lot of people, first of all, I, as I've come to understand, that actually know how to speak Hebrew. So he was so touched. And then he started talking to me and asked me more. And I said, I, I don't really speak the language, but I told him the situation. But I said, I do know this song because she used to play this album. That was in the days of albums. Uh, she used to play this album over and over again. And it, were, it was a series of songs from the Yom Kippur War, which was a very sad situation. But I happened to know some of these songs. So because it was the only thing I knew and I wanted to share with him some more, I sang this song and the man was in tears. He was about six, five, you know, this really big guy. He's in tears coming up and hugging me um, because it was, you know, just had uh, gave him this memory of his family and all these things. And I just thought, oh my goodness, like that's an incredible thing to happen over simply asking questions and then responding with the little bit that I knew, nope. you know, even though, you know, I didn't know much, just trying to make any kind of connection that I could. And so I have had that result like 99.9 .9 times out of, you know, a hundred speaking with anyone by simply asking questions and then trying to contribute if there is something I do know, but, half the time I don't know anything right. that they're talking about, but I just keep asking them questions. And, and also when you keep asking questions, you usually find some kind of common denominator yep. that maybe you didn't know existed and unless you would have gotten down to that level. So it's just a miraculous kind of thing to me. Asking questions is always like top of my list. And I think something to go along with that as well is showing interest yeah. and actually creating interest because a lot of times you could sit there and I think the second experience you had linked back to the first experience you had, which was you had this Israeli roommate and you could have just said, well, uh, you know, I'm not interested, not learned any Hebrew, not listened to the song, not, you know, not put any effort in whatsoever right there at the start. And then you never would have gained this little bit that you could share later, right? But this is kind of how you build those small little pieces that you can take everywhere else. Mm -hmm. So by initially showing interest and in saying, how do I say my name? Or, you know, how do, not my name, but how do I say like my name is? How do I say hello? How do I say what's I'm for hungry. dinner? I'm hungry, dinner. right? <laughs> how do I say these things? By initially showing that interest, you gained a little nugget and you picked up on an accent and that created a whole new connection. Right. Right. Because I think a lot of, a lot of times we go into situations and we might sit down and somebody goes, Oh man, I just love, you know, laundry detergent. <laughs> and you're like, who cares about laundry detergent? And you can immediately right there tune them out. 
not pay attention whatsoever, try and change the subject and talk about something that you like, whatever it is. Or you can go, this person wants to talk about laundry detergent. Let's see where it goes. Mm -hmm. And they might start doing all of these things and these studies and these cases and whatever. And the more that you actually sit there and put yourself to be engaged into it and force yourself to be interested, the more interested you'll actually become. Because you'll sit there and you start going, well, okay, what actually happens then? And you'll start to feel their excitement. You'll start to really build off of the, you know, hype that they have for it and how much they love it. And you'll go, okay, you know, like I'm picking up on it a little bit. And then sometime down the line, maybe a month, maybe a year, maybe five years, whatever, somebody else will be interested in laundry detergent. And you're going to have some <laughs> some little pieces and it's going to be this cool thing where they'll be like, oh, my gosh, I've never met anybody else that knows about this stuff. <laughs> and instantly, boom, you build a connection. Yes. yes. And, it, and it sounds silly. And obviously, I'm talking about laundry detergent, so it's very silly in this instance. But the more that you make these small little connections, the more questions you ask, the more that you get interested in these tiny little ways, I have found the more that you just – build this small, shallow base of knowledge. And that's all you need to connect with somebody. Just that one tiny piece where you go, oh, I've heard this accent before. And then you can ask a question. You can say, hello, my name is Debbie. Mm -hmm. And boom, instantly, the next thing you know, he's crying and he's hugging you while you're singing you know, a song from a time of war, right? Like, right. it just, <laughs> it can get to that point. But interest and questions are, are super important, in my opinion. So going a little bit beyond that, because at that point, you, you have the person there, right? So let's almost take a step back, I should say. You have the person there you're connecting. How do I initially make that connection with that person, right? Obviously, it could be sometimes like I'm hearing them, but even at the same time, I have to be in that situation. I have to be in that place. I have to be in that space, right? What are the ways that I can connect better with people by initially almost getting to those places, getting to those scenarios? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a slightly strangely worded question. I'll try and word it a little better. I think I gotcha. Okay. All right. I'll let okay. you. So tell if. If I'm following what you're saying, like I work for myself. Right. As I mean, you work not just for yourself, but you do too. And so I'm in my studio by myself. By the way, I'm a font designer and lettering artist. So I'm home in my studio. I go out to my happy place, which is my little garden, uh, a couple times a day. But And I walk in the mornings at a beautiful park. But pretty much I'm by myself. So um, I really have to make an effort to connect with people and put myself in a situation where I can like have lunch with them or go to a movie or, you know, do anything. And there actually was a time when I was really into making a font. I was like working 14 hours a day. And that sounds like a terrible thing, but when I'm really into it, it's like a fun thing. Like I'm enjoying myself. I go to sleep and I'm thinking about the different things I can do in the morning and I can't wait to get up 
and get back to work on that font. Mm -hmm. So it's great for producing a really fantastic font, but it's not good for your relationships. So I found this out when I was working on this font and it takes me months and months and months to complete a font. So I'd been working really hard and during that time, different girlfriends had called me and asked me, you know, do you want to go have lunch or do you want to do this or do you want to go on a trip or, and I kept saying, no, no, I'm working on my font. I can't take time away. Well, three months, four months goes by and I was finished with the font and I had some time and I thought, oh, I want to, you know, connect with a girlfriend. And I sat there this particular day and I thought, who can I call? Because yeah. it's just weird if you just call someone up out of the blue, you haven't talked to them in four months or six months. I can't even remember. It might have been six months. And you're like, hey, do you want to go have lunch? And they're kind of like, well, where have you been? You know, right. not that they're not friends. They are friends. But it's a different thing when you when you've been keeping in touch on a regular basis. And so I was really kind of feeling lonely and like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I put myself in this situation where I actually don't know who to call to go have lunch. So at that point, uh, you were actually doing your year of yes. Mm -hmm. And this is where, you know, I learn a lot from Alex. I learn a lot from both of my sons. And I thought, you know, Alex is doing this really cool thing where he is putting it out there to all different kinds of people. I think you said you, you sent an email to like 50 or 60 people yep. asking like, what kind of adventure do you want to go on? What do you want to do? I'd like to connect with you. So I thought, okay, I've got to reconnect and I've got to put myself in that situation where I'm saying yes more to people because in my life, I recognize, of course, I'm older as well, and so part of that comes with age, but I realize that people and that connection is, it's the most important thing in life. So I don't want to neglect that. I don't want to wake up one day and say, who can I call? I don't, I never wanted that to happen again. So I started to reach out and kind of reconnect with people saying, would you like to go for a walk? Would you like to go to have lunch? Would you like to, you know, take in a movie? And a lot of times, some of the people that I called were like, no, I got a lot going on. You know, they have their own lives and all of a sudden I'm ready. And, you know, it's not like uh, they're going to drop everything. So it took a while, but I kept reaching out not just to one person, but to several people. And now if I have time off and I feel like I want to go have lunch, I have several people I can call. And, um, and if I want to go on a trip, a girl's trip somewhere, I have several people I can call. So that's kind of my remedy was stay connected on a regular basis. And it doesn't have to be every single day, but on a regular basis, you know, I, I do things with different people, uh, different weeks, but I'm pretty regular now on maintaining those connections because just cause you have a connection to someone, it doesn't like, it's gotta be fed. Yep. You know, you have to keep showing them that you care. You have to keep showing up. So that's what I did. And how do you deal with the initial uncomfortable piece of that? Right? Cause the first time you're sitting there and you're like, 
I, I have nobody to reach out to. What's the, what is the, is there something you say to yourself? Is there something that you like, what's the initial thing that you did to get you past that first uncomfortable point of, Oh, this is going to be weird and awkward. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, first of all, I think of the action cures fear. Mm-hmm. I always, that's like a pretty much a mantra f- throughout my life. So I always say action cures fear. The second thing is a long, long time ago, I had a job in sales and there's a, a specific number of phone calls you have to make before you'll get a sale. And at that time it was 25. Mm-hmm. So I would say, okay, I've got to reach out 25 times to get a connection. So th- those things from my own life that experience of being in sales and having that number in my head helped me say, all right, if, if the first one can't do it, I'll go to the next person. And I just kept going. And typically it took less than 25. Nice. <laughs> and I think it's important that you, from what you just kind of said right there, which is if it doesn't work with the one person, you go to the next. Right. I think a lot of times people get hung up on a specific connection. I want to connect with this person right here. And instead of, once again, putting yourself in their place and saying, trying to understand maybe why they're not open to connecting right now, why that, you know, sometimes, you know, relationships or things are one-sided. Sometimes it's just seen one way, right? And, and instead of sitting there and saying, why don't they want to connect with me? I'm going to make this work. It's best to just move on to the next person right there's you gotta make 25 connections before you make the sale right go out send like i said i sent out a connection letter to 60 people roughly and about 25 to 30 got back to me so that to me said all right 30 to 35 at this moment in time whatever it is don't care to make that connection and that's okay the other 25 to 30 i'm gonna focus my energy there and so that's what I did, and I made better connections through that, and I went on, had a lot of great experiences, and you know, met, mm-hmm. got to form better, you know, relationships with these people by pursuing the ones that that wanted it, that mattered there. And so I think that that's important. Um, but you know, you have to reach out at least, though, yeah. right? I think that's definitely the first step. Reach out to that person. Uh, Kind of like when I wanted to reconnect with you, I reached out to you and started calling you, you know, almost every day, right? Mm-hmm. And you know what? If you didn't want to connect, it would have hurt for sure. But like, I would have eventually had to back off that. And, and you know, that's not always fun to say, right? You want to always have a great connection with your mother and your father and your siblings and all of these things, right? In a magical world, all of that always makes sense and every connection is perfect. But sometimes, it does, you know, it, like we said, it's a two-way street, right? right. You got to give and you got to take and it has to be this even way. And so they have to also want that connection. And there's nothing wrong with anybody if in their life they're currently prioritizing something else, such as so excited about designing a font that they are just, you know what, for these next 14, for these next six months, I'm just doing this. I'm just like so excited. I want to get this out. I'm just going to focus on this. And right now I don't have that time. And I'm sure people reached out to you a few times and you shot them down and then they went about their other lives. And then later on you reached back out again. And if they wanted to connect, then you form that connection again. Right. 
but it takes that at that point I like to I like to kind of say and think you get like two to three no's, right? <laughs> like if people invite me to go do stuff, I get about two or three no's before they'll just stop inviting me. Right. And at that point, it becomes on me to now reach out and rebuild that connection and see if it's still there's still a chance for it there. Yeah, because they're not just going to constantly constantly you know bug you uh, clearly you know they'll say i get it i understand like mm-hmm. you know i, I hear you mm-hmm. sort of thing but it doesn't always mean it's shut down forever right you know it's just one of those reach out put in action cures fear take that initial step send a message whatever it is yeah so um and then one final quote that you, you had said uh, that I want to bring up is you said, who do you want to be in this moment? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, in, in my mind, and I'll let you talk on it as well, but for me, I think that that's such a, a powerful thing to kind of think about and remind yourself. Just like you take that second to put yourself in their shoes, you can also take that second in any situation and say, who do I want to be? Do I want to be honest? Do I want to be courageous? Do I want to be, you know, someone who has great relationships? Who do I want to be in this moment? And you can let that really drive your actions rather than just kind of doing whatever without thinking about that and then later regretting it or going, oh, well, that's not really, you know, in line with who I'm trying to be, right? So if you can have that quick reminder, in my mind, for me, that's what it, that's how I see that I go. That's a quick reminder of this is the person that I want to be. And even if it makes this situation not unfold in the most pleasant of ways or whatever it is, it stays true to my character and and what I want and who I want to be. Mm-hmm. So if you have any more to add to that piece. Yeah. So th- this is kind of a, a little serious, but um, when Nana, your grandmother, was um, first diagnosed with cancer, and we needed to move her from her house into an assisted living facility. And I was working at the time for a school, a private school in Dallas, teaching some empowerment classes to kids, which was awesome. I loved, loved, loved doing it. Um, But I knew that the rode ahead with my mother-in-law who lived in Pennsylvania, so we had to keep traveling back and forth, was going to be long. Uh, I didn't know how long. They couldn't tell us at the time. It ended up that it was six months, but it could have been a month. And the principal didn't want me to quit and said, we'll work with you. We'll do whatever you need. We just you know, really want uh, you to keep teaching. And I said, I... I have to do this. And and part of that was I loved what I was doing. I love empowering people and empowering kids especially. But I asked the question, who do I want to be in this moment? And in that moment, I wanted to repay this woman who had given so much to me, to my husband, and to my children. I wanted her last months, whatever they were, to be as pleasant as possible, to be um, as peaceful as possible and as easy as possible. And there were a lot of things that needed taken care of 
So I stopped working and we went up to Pennsylvania and we actually were there for a month initially to get her all moved and kind of get her acclimated and it's it was very scary for her. So of course we wanted to do things that would make her feel joyful and comfortable and you know as much as we could. Um, so I was uncertain how long this was going to take. I was uncertain how much it was going to require, but I answered that question, who do I want to be in this moment? And I wanted to be someone who gave back to someone who gave so much to me. So that was a really, probably one of the strongest uh, examples of me asking that question to myself. But there are times when I ask it, uh, where someone might be, you know, you're out somewhere and someone's crabby and cranky and you could legitimately like be mad at them or say, what is your problem? But I always think to myself, who do I want to be in this moment? I want to be that person that smiles at them and winks at them and maybe changes their perception. Maybe they go, this person should be mad at me, but they're being nice to me. Why? I, I want to do that because I think that's like incredibly magical, you know, to have those kinds of moments with people when you can do something simple, like do something unexpected, like be kind, mm -hmm. and, and they totally freak out, and, but it kind of shocks them into realizing their behavior is way off. And I've had that happen on so many different occasions that it, it lets me know that that's, that's always a good choice to answer the question with that. So, I like that a lot. That actually reminded me of uh, a moment that I had, which this was probably the one of the most like defining moments for me of starting to ask that question and, and build this new person that I wanted to become. And it was when I was playing soccer um, in a, it was in a rec league. So it was about four or five years ago, something around there, um, probably about four years. And I was I was on on a breakaway right to, at the goal. So it was it was one on one, me running at the goalie, and this defender came in just reckless from behind me, and slid into me, took out my ankles, which is automatic red card. You're kicked out of the game. Super dangerous, right? You can injure people doing that. Absolutely horrible. So he just came in and just took took my ankles out completely, and uh, the ref came over, and I was like, you know, get this guy out of here. Like that's ridiculous. And he gave me a yellow card and was like, you, f you faked it. And I was like, what do you mean I faked it? Like, it was the most obvious. There wasn't any, like, little right. dive. You know, like, there's plenty of times where you, like, make little exaggerations on it. Like, this guy recklessly just came in and just tackled me. Just, I mean, you know, it was, it was really nasty. And, I, and so I was mad, right? I was, I was, like, really upset. And I was like you know, what do you mean? Like I dove, like this guy came in and just made this horrible tackle on me. Like give him a red card and me a penalty kick and you know, let's move on with this, but like make the right call sort of thing. And this is all in my mind. Right. Um, and, and he was like, don't be diving next time. And, and I was just like, so mad that I, I said, you know, sub me out. So I just went and I just, I instantly subbed myself out. Cause I was like, if I stay in this game right now, like, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, like I'm, I'm really upset. And so I was just sitting there on the sidelines, just kind of fuming. My teammates were like, are you going to go in and get that guy back? You know, like go tackle him again. You know, everybody was just waiting for me to go and make a dirty 
play on the guy, get my another yellow card, get a red card, get thrown out. But they were like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. Like, you know, that was messed up. And so I sat on, you know, I, I kind of just paced up and down for a couple minutes on the sidelines. And I started to to jog out, you know, then then I was like, all right, send me back in. And so I started to jog out uh, towards the like referee and, 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 and the guy. And I was in my mind, I still wasn't even sure what I was going to do. If I was going to start yelling at him, if I was going to go make a dirty play on the guy, what it was, I wasn't even sure. I just, I just was in my mind so mad. And right before I got to the referee, the thought, who do I want to be came into my mind. And I thought, you know what? I want to be someone who doesn't retaliate. I want to be someone who accepts that people make mistakes, who just moves past things and stays respectful and kind. And that was like a second before I got to the referee. And I got there and he was like really tense and like not sure what I was going to do. You know, you see, he was like really standoffish. And I stuck my hand out to shake his hand. And I was like, you know, sorry that I got upset. And instantly his whole demeanor changed and he was like, oh, you know, like, nah, I, th- I probably missed it. You know, I had a bad angle. And so I thought you dove and that's probably my mistake and all of this stuff. And I was like, hey, you know, mistakes happen and it's all right. And he shook my hand and instantly everything was relaxed and the mood completely changed mm-hmm. and the game continued. And I was like so happy and, and proud of myself in that moment because I created, I had all of the power to create whatever situation I wanted in that moment. And I created one that just diffused everything and was just peaceful and, and loving and, and accepting. And it, built a connection at the same time because then he was like, you know, you know, he had pent up like, Oh, I made, you know, instead of being defensive now, he was like, no, it was me too. And everything was just fine. And it just moved past it. And, you know, the game finished and everything continued. And for the rest of the season, there wasn't this animosity and, you know, the ref and me going back and forth at each other and any of this stuff. It was just a nice, you know, relaxing league from that point on, basically, you know, and, and so I just thought to myself, I had so much power in that scenario and I got to decide kind of who I, like you said, who I want to be right then. And from that point on, I've handled most every situation similar to that because I always go back to that and I say, that got an outcome that I really loved. And even though in the moment I wanted to fight and yell, and that's not what I want, right? Mm-hmm. Any other time when I'm thinking rationally, I go, I don't want to be in those situations. So, you know, I, I think that that was a moment for me that kind of had that defining set piece. You know, just like you kind of had yours right there where yeah. you had to throw away this great job and, you know, they're they're begging you to stay and say in the work and you got and you have to sit there and say, I need to be this person. Even if I have to sacrifice these things, I know that in the long run, this is the person I want to be and they will respect that. Mm-hmm. And, you know. And 
So since then, I've had more opportunities to answer that question and sometimes make some sacrifices. I won't go into details, but what you just spoke about was finding the power in that moment. Mm -hmm. When you say, who do I want to be in this moment? It's the most powerful thing you could ever ask yourself because you get to dictate what happens from there on. That is true power. When you say, I'm not going to let this be negative. I'm not going to let, you know, because other people, if you don't kind of decide who you want to be and, mm -hmm. and put out that positivity, other people will come in with the negative. Like that space will be filled, yep. you know? So it's almost like stepping into your own power and claiming that space and saying, wherever I am, it's going to be positive. There's going to be kindness. There's going to be love. I'm not allowing drama. I'm not allowing negativity. And we all have that power. That's the most incredible thing that I think a lot of people don't realize. Yeah. We all have that power when we make that decision. So that has been action cures fear, fear, one of the top things that has, you know, led me in my life. And who do I want to be in this moment? This probably the second, you know, thing, but it is so powerful. And that's a great story. I'd never heard that story before, but that's great. And of course, I'm so proud of you as your mom, as your oh, mom. Oh boy. I'm so proud. But but you yourself took it upon yourself to do that. And you found it's like I couldn't even teach you that. I couldn't teach you that until you felt it for yourself yep. that I can come into a situation and change it in in a better way. And that happens 100% of the time when I ask myself that question. It's like the best experience ever. <laughs> I highly recommend it. Oh yeah, no, it feels great. <laughs> it's 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 one of those that you once you once you do it one time. You know, and, and you and you look around and you go, wow, like just by introducing myself and my character and, and everything in this one way, negative or positive, I had an effect on everybody around right. and the entire situation. Right. And, you know, once you see that power, you can start to really do more with it and hopefully do good with it. Right. You know, but it, you can inflict negativity and bring that in as well. Right. It's, Absolutely. It's totally there. So a lot of great uh, pieces talked through, topics discussed today. I want to say thank you to my mom for being here. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Um, and I'll, I'll leave us with a challenge as always. Uh, my challenge to you is to reach out to, and I said one person in my little note here, but I'm going to change it to like a sales call. Reach out until you make one connection mm -hmm. with one person. So if that takes five sales calls, if it takes 10, if it takes 25, whatever it is, keep reaching out to different people until you get one person that comes back and wants to make a connection and find some way to improve their life. And that could be even as simple as asking them about their favorite thing that they want to talk about mm -hmm. and being interested because when people ask me about the stuff that I'm interested in, I get, I love it. It's super great. And so if I'm them, I'd go, 
yeah, I'd love to talk about the things I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. So simply even asking questions. But that's my challenge to you guys today is reach out and make one connection with somebody. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to reach out to some people and they're not going to respond. And that's okay. Everybody's at different points in their life. And you just kind of have to respect that and move, move past it. Can I add an option? Go for it. Okay, I'm adding the option of if you're in a situation and you actually have a choice then ask yourself, who do I want to be in this moment? And then sit back and observe and feel what the effect is of asking that one question. And I hope you're going to do it in a positive way. I'm going to throw that in there. Say, um, who, who do I want to be in this moment? And then change something for the better. So just another option or do both. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Tune in next week, everybody, for episode number 16. It's the second episode in the Love Yourself series. Misery loves company. So does joy. As always, you can find these podcasts live on Twitch, on my YouTube at youtube.com slash growthebuckup, uh, on any of the popular podcast feeds, or on my own site, growthebuckup.com. That's all I have for now. Thank you guys for listening. Now it's time to grow the buck up. Happy Mother's Day. And happy Mother's Day. Thank you.